Good evening. I'd like to welcome you to tonight's pre-performance lecture. I'm Jim Coulter, and I'm a volunteer with the Friends of the Mandavi Center, which is a donor-based volunteer organization that provides support to the Mandavi Center Arts Education Programs. We've been providing these lectures for over 15 years, and I really encourage you to look at the upcoming lectures that are going to be held at the future concerts. Uh, I also like to mention that the lectures are being taped and will be available as a podcast on the Mondavi Center website in the future if you'd like to listen to this one or any of the other lectures as well. I'd like to thank the UC Davis Health System for sponsoring the pre-performance lectures again this year. And before I introduce our speaker, I'd also like to ask you to silence your cell phones and pagers if you have them on tonight. I'm now pleased to introduce John Abagana, and some of you may know John because he's been a public educator in Woodland and in Yolo County for 34 years. He's uh, the musical director at Woodland High School, and he conducts three performing groups, including the Woodland High School Symphonic Band, Wind Ensemble, and Jazz Ensemble, and serves as the Woodland District Music Coordinator. He's a member of numerous professional organizations and has worked if, with many other orchestras, and I encourage you to read his full biography in our program tonight. But I would like to mention that he also, in 1999, was named the Outstanding Musical Educator of the Northern California Band Directors Association. And in 2002, he received the Excellence in Music Education Award in Orchestra from the Capital Section of the California Music Educators Association. So I'd like to help, have you help me welcome John tonight, and he'll be speaking about this evening's concert. John? Good evening. We're going to make this painless. So <laughs> um, it's been about six years since I've done this. So it's kind of fun to come back. I'm, I'm really happy. I thought I did something wrong, but uh, I, they just forgot. And then so they got me back. So I'm, I'm really happy. I'm ready to go. Um, tonight's concert is a suite. Now, if you think about the term suite, you can have a suite of rooms, you can have a suite of offices, you can have a, uh, a, a, a suite of, of desks, you can almost have a suite of cars now, I think, with the big, getting so big. Um, but there's also a suite of, in this particular one, um, there's a suite that can also be called the Marcellus family. Uh, it's, it's like, here they come again. Yeah, it's, it's number three, Delfio. Uh, but maybe you didn't read the program, but you actually got two for one. You got two Marcelluses tonight. And I don't know if anybody caught that. Jason Marcellus, I think, is the youngest, and he's the, the drummer for this evening. The piece that they're going to be performing is Such Sweet Thunder. I have to say that slowly because I never can do that. Um, and that's based on the, the writings of William Shakespeare. And there are a lot of um, um, pieces that I'll go through uh, in, in a little bit, but I want to give you that uh, a little bit of an um, introduction. Throughout um, th the 34 years I've been teaching jazz, um, it seems to me that there are two areas of, of people listening to jazz. One just likes to listen to it, and I think they have it right. Then there are people like 
myself, I think, that really want to learn just to dive in. I remember listening to a solo by Wynton Marcellus, and I said, you know, I think he's doing a combination of the Mixolydian scale and the Dorian scale put together, and I think he's kind of moving, translating that to the to the dominant of that, and then moving into the dominant of the dominant of the same key. I mean, and then when I finished thinking about what he was doing, I'm going, what did I hear? I didn't hear a darn thing. I just could not understand what I was saying and what I was trying to think about. And I was, I got to the point where my analogy really comes down to is the artist Seurat. And I don't know if anybody knows that name or not. He was a pointillist uh, uh, artist. And in seeing his large painting called Sunday in the Park with, with George, um, I got really, really super close because I wanted to know how he was doing this again. I had my jazz mode on. And so I got really close to the painting, very, very close to the painting. And all I saw were dots. Sometimes there were dots on top of dots. And I saw a little slash and a dot on top of them going, what am I looking at? And then you step back and you see this gorgeous painting. And I said, you know, I got to take a good lesson from this with jazz because sometimes the people who just want to come in and just listen to the wonderful swing and just this layback sound, sometimes that's just the best way of listening to jazz without having to super, you know, analyze. One of my friends, um, Eric Whitaker, who is a composer of choral, orchestra, and band works, I, I, I wrote to him and I said, you know, I was listening to your, uh, your, your song, your piece, October, and I said, notice the little suspensions you had. And I noticed that you had this, what key were you thinking when you went into here? I think it's really great how you did it, but what key, because it doesn't really focus in on that key. It focuses on one key, but it goes to another key. He said, John, I said, what? He said, slow down, slow down in science class. You'll find out that the more you dissect that frog, it'll be least likely to jump again the more you dissect. I said, oh. And he said, and he told me about composers. And I should know about composers because I, you know, uh, my son's one of them. And, and he said, you know, it is what it is. And there's my second lesson on jazz. It is what it is. And it just comes out. Swing music is a feel. People want to say, how do you define swing? I can't. Can you define swing? Can you say, well, the swing is, it's like a, you have an eighth note, and the first eighth note is going to be longer than the second one, so you have this kind of feel. Okay, great, wonderful. Does that really define swing? I'm looking at dots again, aren't I? Okay, back up, enjoy, it's a feel. And I'll show you what I mean, and we're, we're, I need your help on this one. So we're going to show you uh, some, some basics. Um, a basic in history of course, brings us to New Orleans. The origin of jazz. It's, it's like the food gumbo. If you know what's in gumbo, it's almost like anything you can think of. You know, everything. Gumbo has to be part of that. And that's what jazz is. Jazz, it's made up of so many different elements. In, in New Orleans, before the Civil War, was, believe it or not, very tolerant. People of all cultures, all races were thrown together in one city, and they were told, you must work together. What a concept. And they did. They made it work. Um, and um, um, and, and, a, and a place on Sunday afternoon, this is a, this is a crazy um, setup. This is, again, before the Civil War, where you had... Uh, Sunday afternoons were set aside in the afternoon where 
slaves, ex-slaves, uh, um, Caucasians, and the, um, the, the Italians, and the Germans, and the French, and the Canadians, they were all gathered in a place called Congo Square, where the slaves and former slaves, and that they, they coexisted in New Orleans, freed slaves as well as slave, slaves, would, would, would um, perform music from their homelands. What a concept. And it really took on. Um, usually, um, the, uh, the white community really was in, enthralled at it. They just loved it. They, was, uh, they got so enthralled with it, they wanted to do it as well. Well, they did a lousy job of it, but it was all about a, uh, I'm talking about the minstrels. Uh, <laughs> they did a lousy job out of it. And so the African-American community, a little bit later on, said, you know, we can do this better. We could do this better. Why don't we just dress ourselves up in minstrels and, and do exactly what we were doing in Congo Square? And they did it right. So it was kind of an interesting, in, interesting concept because you had African Americans who were dressing up as Caucasian Americans who were dressed up as African Americans, um, and they were doing the same thing, and they were crisscrossing the country. Thus was born jazz. Other areas, of course, ragtime music. These are places that were from Storyville. Storyville was one of those places, of course, where um, men would go in, you know, the, in the drinking establishment on the first floor, and they would be waiting in line. But while they're waiting in line, the piano player's just playing this beautiful ragtime. And you understand that while they were waiting in line downstairs for their drinks, what they were really doing is waiting in line downstairs before they have to go upstairs and wait in line to be entertained by the people upstairs. Um, and so that was a whole different, another whole different uh, part. Not a very good um, way to start off with jazz, but that, that, was, that was all part of it. The blues is another part. Um, all of this, again, I'm kind of basically saying it's all about gumbo. People like James Reese Europe, who brought ragtime music to Europe for the first time and just really in World War I did a wonderful thing. By the way, if you're wondering what my sources are, it's actually the Ken Burns book that it accompanies the, uh, the video program. So it's the book. We mentioned books before. It's a book, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, and so um, uh, James Reese Europe, Jelly Roll Morton, Scott Joplin, UB Blake, Noble Sissel, all of these you know, uh, giants in, in its dried piano, ragtime music, really brought along. And you cannot omit, of course, what they, who they call pops, and that's Louis Armstrong. Originally named, or originally spelled J-A-S-S, it became J-A-Z-Z by many, many different stories, but Wynton Marcellus has two of them that uh, one of them was, of course, that, you know, when you have a poster on, on, the, uh, on, on the wall or on a telephone pole or on a wall of someplace, we have a poster, and if you're in New Orleans saying that we're looking for this jazz band, every kid about 12, 13, or 14 years old is going to scratch that J off every single time. So, um, and, and so that's one story that might have happened. The other one, of course, is taking the name Jasmine, which is the name of a perfume that the prostitutes of Storyville were wearing. It was over, overworn. So jazz may have just, just come along as well. Um, we'd like to start off with something that uh, is called a groove. And this is one of the basic ideas here of the whole thing. We're going to do something silly. Those of you who are musicians out there know exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to play for you Sea Jam Blues by Duke Ellington. As you listen to this, you hear a groove, but you don't feel a groove. So let's go ahead and try to feel a groove. I'm going to ask you to clap on one and three. I'll help you out. Okay? Get ready. One, two, three, four. One, two, three. 
three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two. There's a certain feel you get here, but not a whole lot is happening to you. You don't really feel a jump. Now we'll stop clapping. Now we're gonna reverse that and we're gonna clap on two and four because in music, one and three are strong beats and we like to hear the weaker beats. So we're gonna clap on two, four. Here you go, ready? A one, two, three, four, a one. You can hear that in the music. You can hear that in the clap. I also want you to let you know that you're actually clapping more together than you were on one and three. It works, doesn't it? There's the groove. That's a groove. So how does this work in when you're not have to clap it? But a groove will work the same way. One of the best grooves that I think Duke Killington wrote is a piece that he wrote, I believe in the 60s, it's called PS 170. It is just nothing but percussion and a very few amount of instruments. Um, I really guarantee it's, it's on uh, his album called Cool Rock. Listen to this. This is almost Congo Square, but it has a Latin, Latin feel to it. Doesn't that just sail? That's a groove where it just feels good. Don't have to worry about whether or not you're you're listening to that Dorian and the Mixolydian and you know uh, going to the dominant. Just enjoy. Here's another example of, of a groove. This is called again Duke Ellington. Since tonight's music is Duke Ellington, you're gonna get a lot of Duke Ellingtons from me. So. Kind of focus your attention on that rhythm section. Listen to that bass, basically driving this bus, and the and the percussion is staying right with it. Way cool, huh? Now, here's, here's the, the next step is called a riff. Now, a riff is a repeated section that usually fits over a groove. Now, how can I get anything going? I think I have to kind of move way up into the 60s to really show the difference between the groove and, and, the, uh, and the riff. Now, the groove you're going to hear is in the bass and the drums. It basically is bum, dun dee dun 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 It just goes over and over and over and over and over. If you're a fan of the 60s, you may know where I'm going here. And, of course, the riff is a repeated shorter section that fits over the top of a groove. The riff, in this case, is goes bop, bop, ba-da-da, bop, three and four, bop, bop. And I'm quoting James Brown here. Groove. Hear the riff? That's a riff. Here's the groove underlying the whole thing.
Sorry, I had to finish the phrase. Okay. <clears throat> now, Duke Ellington wrote suites. Now, of course, suites in music, there was the Bach, uh, Bach dance suites. There is the water music suite by Handel. Um, uh, in band, there's the uh, Rafe Von Williams folk song suites. The suite of old American dances by Robert Russell Bennett. The and the collection of Duke Ellington suites, including the Nutcracker, Pier Gint, and, of course, he did one called... Um, Oh gosh, sweet. I'm sorry, sweet Thursday, and then and this one here. Now he's wrote written other sweets, but I'm going to focus on those four um, so that we could uh, kind of listen to that. I have a story about this first one because I was so excited listening to. Uh, it was on PBS. They had the New York Philharmonic. My son attended Juilliard School, and 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 so I was really in tune with uh, what was going on with the uh, with this particular orchestra. I really liked New York Phil. They were just a real fabulous orchestra. They were doing a concert with the Lincoln Center Jazz Orchestra, where the um, New York Phil was in a semicircle and the Lincoln Center was in the middle. It, they were going to do the Nutcracker Suite. And we're talking about the, nut, the real Nutcracker Suite for orchestra, and the, um, and the New York Phil was going to play the parts. And then when we got to the point, Duke Ellington's music came in, and they started doing their thing. I got so excited, I called my son right away, and, uh, and I said, wow. Brett, you got it. I wish you could have seen this on TV. There was this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing going on. And I said, New York Phil was doing the thing with the Nutcracker Suite. I'm going, yeah. Was, and I kept on going on and on and on. In the meantime, I hear this on the phone. Dad, dad. And I'm going. I'm just, I'm going 90 miles an hour. Dad, dad. Finally, I went, what? He said, you should have seen it from the sixth row. True story. That Juilliard card got him to anything. I mean, if he wanted to go to the opera, he was able to get standing room tickets. And um, he actually went to a musical one time and sat in the pit. Sat in the pit. Uh, so uh, that, uh, that ticket really got him, got him someplace. So Duke Ellington took Tchaikovsky's music. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Tchaikovsky's music in a Duke Ellington style. There's your groove. How's that for a ballet, huh? Here again, this in the Hall of the Mountain King. Get here, that's so good. By your own. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> the uh, the uh, the other suite that I want to focus on was a piece called um, Sweet Thursday. This was based on the writings of John Steinbeck. This is why I want to focus on this one here because it's very much like this uh, this one that you're going to hear tonight, Such Sweet Thunder, because Duke Ellington had this to work from. 
with Tchaikovsky and with, um, uh, with the Peer Gint, he only had this. There was, music was already written. All he had to do was make it jazzy. So he already had the melodies, he already had the harmonies, he just had to do something else with it. But in this case, with Sweet Thursday, the writings of John Steinbeck, it's like, wow, we can go all this way. We can really open this thing up. And so the amount of creativity really pushed uh, into this. Here's one of, his, uh, one of the pieces called Lay By. I like this one. This one's called Schwifty, spelled S-C-H-W-I-P-H-T-I, Schwifty. Really busy, really busy. Such sweet thunder is taken from a midsummer night's dream. I'd never heard so musical a discord. Such sweet thunder. And so he wrote, uh, th these are large, these are small tunes, really, and they could stand on their own. That's the cool thing about it. If they were all released on their own, you can play each individual piece and uh, it would be okay. But they're all connected by this, uh, by uh, William Shakespeare. Uh, his collaborator was Billy Strayhorn. Now, uh, the, the, the Strayhorn-Ellington collaboration started when Ellington heard about this guy and, um, and he wanted to meet him. So he basically, they saw each other briefly and says, hey, when you get to Harlem, why don't you come on up and, and talk? I want, I want to talk about what we could do and what kind of, um, uh, what kind of collaboration we could put together. Well, the Ellington wrote down the name uh, so, so he wrote down all the directions on how to get to his house. Now, Ellington lived in Harlem at that time. I don't know if you know the story, but it's really cool. By the time Billy Strayhorn got there, the piece that he wrote was this one you're going to hear, and the text, the words, were the directions that, um, that Duke Ellington wrote down. And if you've been in New York, you know it's called Take the A Train. Now, these two guys got to the point where they can actually almost mentally talk with each other. They were on the same wavelength all the time. Um, there are times Duke Ellington wrote to, or called, he called them strays, said, hey, strays, I'm having a problem with going from here to here. What can I do? And then Strayhorn would take a look at Ellington or talk back to him and says, well, I think you probably were going to go from here to this one, to this chord, and then back to this. And that's, that's exactly what I was going to do. How did you know? He says, I just know you. And that's how this collaboration came through. Um, fabulous collaboration. They were known as each other's alter ego.
Now, about tonight's performance, the, the tonight's performance was originally scored for uh, a lot of instruments, 14 different instruments. Delfio Marcellus reorchestrated this to fit the octet. So it, it's, it's uh, fewer musicians, and so therefore, um, maybe a little bit thinner sound. I didn't say worse, I didn't say better, I said thinner, and that's just because there's not many, not many people playing. So if, if, if he did it right, it's gonna be, be great. All the reviews are just fantastic about it. Um, but in Duke Ellington's music, and hopefully you'll hear it tonight, I, uh, in, in the larger version, you can hear it, but in Duke Ellington's music, most people don't realize, but Duke Ellington loved trains, just loved trains, and in his music, is loaded with trains. Here's, for instance, a tourist point of view. Easy to hear that train whistle, isn't it? You can hear that train going across those tracks there. You can hear the bell. Short bursts of the horn. Now, this tourist point of view really goes against the original um, uh, length. This is a five-minute piece. Usually, musical uh, numbers at that particular time when these, when these are written only went two to three minutes, which the standard, by the way, was placed not on the 45 RPM, but on the 78 RPM. Um, that's what the standard that was still held to today. Um, this other one is another one that kind of gives you some um, uh, examples of, of trains. I want you to try to think about that steam locomotive just chugging down here. You can almost hear it, you can almost see it. Puffs of smoke going out. I want to be on that train. The pianist here is Fareed Barron. He will probably emulate the steam whistle with the chord. Sometimes, Marcellus put the entire band on the whistle as well. Let me see if we can find it here. That's a train. Now, it also, you'll like this one. I had to throw this one in because this is Winton Marcellus. Sorry, Delphio. But um, uh, this is Winton Marcellus's, and if you've never heard this, I really highly suggest this because if you're, if you're into mathematics and music, 
I had a long lecture with my high school students this week. We teach mathematics with music, and people say, well, music is all mathematics. And I'm saying, to a certain point, music must take on its own life and away from mathematics. And it does that with swing. Um, it clearly does that in the, uh, in the area of jazz. Rock still has really mathematic component, but eventually it'll start going away. But um, Wynton Marcellus wrote this one piece called The Big Train because he himself was also infatuated with trains. As he was standing as a young boy watching these freight trains going by in his neighborhood, New Orleans, it almost feels like each car, each passenger car could have its own thing going on. And if you like mathematics, each car is connected. Sometimes you might have a swing. If you kind of bring that into a smaller unit. Now we have a shuffle. Now we have a slow ballad. Now we have a slower swing ballad. You see, everything's connected. Each car is connected. I want to play for you the big train, just a little bit of this, because this is a, about a six-minute piece as well. We don't have the time. The trumpet will take care of the steam brakes. That's a trombone section. If you can copy a train, that's a good trombone section. So about tonight, uh, yes, another Marcellus is going to be performing. He's the third eldest of four performing brothers. The youngest Jason will also be performing tonight. Um, Delfio first gained prominence as a record producer, of all things, a record producer, producing artists like Harry Connick, uh, Marcus Roberts, and of course, Ellis, Branford, and Winton. His first sessions were at the age of 17. I'm trying to think what I was at the 17. I wasn't doing that, I tell you that. Uh, studied trombone in New Orleans at the age of 13, attended New Orleans Center for Creative Arts High School, classically trained in trombone performance. That's an interesting thing, because all the Marcellus... Uh, musicians were all classically trained, with ex the exception of Ellis. That's dad. Okay, he went right, he was uh, jazz all the way. But the four boys, thanks to mom, made sure they had a uh, classical training. Fareed Barron was the, um, was the pianist for, um, for um, uh, the Lincoln Center Jazz Orchestra. And when I did their, um, their lecture many years ago, uh, I was talking to Fareed and I said, I'm noticing a running line because uh, everybody is classically trained. Why is that? 
Well, I was making mention that uh, Victor Goins the, now is the head of the Juilliard Jazz Program, um, and Victor Goins is the lead tenor saxophone, that he quit the National Symphony Orchestra as principal clarinet and went right to uh, Wynton Marsalis. And, uh, and uh, Fareed looked at me and said, Wynton wouldn't talk to us if we didn't. Simple as that. In other words, have your chops together, knowing from one end of the instrument all the way down, and then that's where you get that training, and then we'll move on into jazz from there. Um, if you have the jazz underneath, that's great. Actually, they have two people who were not uh, classically trained. Wycliffe Gordon, who is just a monster trombone player, is, is one of those. And uh, I'm trying to think of the other one. It's, it's, it's escaping. It's a senior moment, sorry. Um, <clears throat> he performed uh, with the New Orleans Philharmonic, received an outstanding award from the Jefferson Performing Arts Society, attended the Berkeley College of Music. That school gets a bad rap because they have a very low graduation rate. I don't know if anybody knew that. You want to know why? All those kids get jobs before graduation. They're out in the field already. Uh, they just, they're out there. So they get a bad rap because of the low graduation rate, but their success rates through the roof. Um, I sent two kids to that thing. That's great. Um, <clears throat> he majored both in audio production and trombone perform performance, produced on more than five, I'm sorry, 75 record labels and has received Grammy nominations, many of them. In trombone, he has toured with Art Blakey, Abdullah Ibrahim, Elvin Jones, Slide Hampton, and Max Roach. His current project, and I think this is going to be a great project, it's a movie. His current project is with his brother Winton for a movie based on Buddy Bolden. And I think that's going to be a wonderful, wonderful movie if you get a chance to do that. And so in, in closing, all I can say in regards to Delfio, I guess he's pretty good. He's going to be fantastic, and, and some of his music, um, as, as exit music, I'll play some of his pieces um, that he had done his, um, on, on a um, late album that he had. It, uh, it, it's going to be fun. I hope you enjoy it. Don't forget, don't get too close in your ears to what's, what's going on. I'm, unfortunately, I'm, I'm kind of trained to do that, but I'll try. I'm, I'm sure she'll kick me every once in a while saying, okay, back up, listen to the whole thing. So I hope you enjoy the concert. Have a good one, and we'll hopefully get invited back. So <laughs> take care. Uh -huh. 